Welcome to Vape Village, the podcast for the Victorian Association for the Teaching of English. My name's Ernest Price and I'm the Education Officer at Vape. We'll be using this podcast feed to spark discussion and connection within our community. We'd like to acknowledge that this discussion happened on the lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nations and to pay our respects to Elders past, present and emerging. Today my guest was once again Karis McEwen. Karis is the Victorian branch president for the Children's Book Council of Australia. She, she was also a judge this year for the CBCA Book Awards. And of course, she's a librarian at both Richmond and Paran high schools. Karis took us somewhere a little different today, making some online recommendations for sources for young people to read both fiction and non-fiction. Hope you enjoyed the discussion. Hello, Karis. Welcome back. We have a special guest making an appearance this morning. George wants to help out today. <laughs> oh, well, George made a brief appearance before we hit record. We just saw his blood. <laughs> um, I'm sure this is very familiar for those of you who are currently working from home. Uh, today, we've got once again, Karis McEwen, who is, if you've missed her credentials previously, takes a while, so settle in. Um, she's this Children's Book Council of Australia, Victorian branch president was a judge for the CBCA Book Awards for 2020 and is the school librarian at not one but two high schools in Victoria, Richmond and Pran. Hello, Karis. Hello. Thanks for having me back. Very strange noise just happened. I feel like we've got all the work from home um, things happening in this video. (laughs) Um, So your videos have been super popular. In case people have missed them, they should go back and have a look. You've been making some excellent book recommendations for young people um, during this very strange time we are living in. But today you've decided to do something a little bit different. What are you going to do for us today? Yeah, that's right. I just have been having quite a few requests lately from my two schools and on the sort of librarian networks that I'm in for really good quality stories online and not novels or anything like that. There's George again, sorry. (laughs) Um, but more short, snappy pieces of literature that students can access if they've got short attention spans right now or they're not really in the right headspace to read a big, long novel. Makes perfect sense. So what have you got for us? So a couple of things. First of all, I've got some great fiction online. So the first thing is VoiceWorks. And I'm sure a lot of people have heard of VoiceWorks. It's a literary journal that publishes new writing and art by young Australians. So their purpose is to create a space for people under 25 to develop their creative and editorial skills and to publish and be paid for their writing. So that is the best thing about VoiceWorks. All the prose, essays, poetry and comics are all created by people aged under 25. The content is really relatable to young adults and inspiring as well for budding young writers. Um, They've actually started doing teacher notes for each edition, which I've had a look at and they're fantastic. What they do is they pick out a couple of pieces from each edition and create discussion points and activities that can be used in the classroom for different age ranges. So they're not paying me to do this little spruik. I just really uh, think they're amazing. And I do encourage secondary schools to become members. It only costs $75 for a school or institution for a year. 
And what that includes is a subscription to their quarterly schools newsletter, which is packed full of uh, information about writing competitions and other opportunities for students. It also includes a PDF version of the quarterly magazine and the print edition that gets delivered straight to your school. If you can't afford to become a member, you can actually access a few of the stories online for free each um, quarter, uh, or you can just use those to have a little teaser to see what's available as well. So I highly encourage you to become a member or use some of their stories in the classroom or just for pleasure reading as well. And I know you've had some young people writing and submitting uh, to VoiceWorks as well, so it will work really well on both the reading and writing front and for those uh, teachers and um, school staff out there who are looking to, to get their students to connect their reading and writing a little bit as well. That's right. And everything submitted to VoiceWorks gets feedback. So each student will get personalised feedback on their writing, which is pretty incredible. Yeah, that's, that's great. All right, what's up next? Next one is Kill Your Darlings, which is another Australian literary magazine. Uh, it began its life as a print magazine in 2010, but today it's an eclectic online magazine. It has commentary, essays, interviews, fiction, and reviews. And it is a magazine that is aimed at adults, but it has plenty of stories suited to younger readers too, uh, probably mostly for year nines and tens. Uh, but all of the articles do give a trigger warning if they cover heavier topics, so teachers can look out for those. Um, a school's membership is $150 a year, and that includes access to all their online content, as well as free... Oh, my goodness. Sorry, George. <laughs> Hello, George. He's very passionate about online literary magazines. Of course. Um, it also includes a free entry or free entry to the school's writing prize, which you and I had students enter last year and one of them was actually um, shortlisted or highly commended. Um, so you can um, enter your students' work for free into that prize as well as enter a bunch of other competitions and giveaways that they offer. Again, if you can't afford to become a member, you can access a few of the articles online for free, but a paywall does come up eventually. Awesome. What else have we got? So another one is uh, something that I'm sure everybody has heard of, which is Audible. So Audible is a company that sells digital audio books and audio versions of magazines and newspapers. And it is obviously paid, but at the moment, in really exciting news, they've made their children's platform freely available. So a whole bunch of their YA and middle grade audio books can be downloaded for free. Um, last week I had two students that were really reluctant readers that um, sort of were refusing to pick a text for their independent text study. And it's a bit hard when we're not at school because I can't sit down with them and help them select a book. So instead I sent them some links to some of the um, YA books and both of them are currently listening as far as I know to those books. So really, really good for reluctant readers, I think. I had a look this morning as about 70 books available for teenagers and 40 books for that middle grade age, age range. So some great stuff available for free through Audible right now. It can be great as well, I think, at this time when it's hard for all of us to get moving and get out of the house um, to encourage young people to couple uh, listening to, to a book and also getting out and getting some exercise, which I think can be really, really great. Um, so obviously, as you've said, for reluctant readers, but also maybe for those um, readers who are reluctant movers. <laughs> Definitely. That's a really good point. <laughs> so another thing in terms of the fiction is Storybox Library. Um, and I'm sure a lot of people, again, have heard of this service. It's a subscription-based website that contains videos created for children to view local stories being read aloud. And a lot of 
read-alouds are available at the moment, but Storybox is the best because they pay and support their authors. They're not um, doing any copyright infringements or anything like that. So, of course, the service is aimed at children that are still being read aloud to, so really young children. But I had a look and a lot of the picture books available are ones for older readers too, things like Cicada by Sean Tan, which is a picture book not aimed at younger readers. It's got some really... Um, big topics in it uh, and things like Midnight at the Library by Ursula Dubasarsky who's our current Australian Children's Laureate. I think there's plenty on there for older readers as well. Again it's a paid subscription but you can access it for free if you're a member of your local library and I think all English teachers and all school librarians should encourage their students to become members of their local libraries. Um, at Richmond High School in year nine part of the independent text study requires all students to borrow at least one book from their local public library. It's a part of the, of the project so I think that's really important. Absolutely. And I think a really useful exercise I know many English teachers use in the classroom, um, even with students up to year 12, is um, using a picture book to illustrate how students can go about identifying and analysing themes in a text. So great resource for that purpose as well. Exactly. So my final one for fiction is Comixology, and this is for the graphic novel and comics fans that you have in your classes. Um, Comixology has the largest selection of digital comics in the world, and of course most of them you do have to pay for, but they have a huge library of comics available to download for free. I had a look this morning and there's about 800 graphic novels and comics available for free download. And I think that's great because kids sometimes uh, read graphic novels really quickly. And sometimes I just can't even get enough in my library. The kids have read the whole collection in a couple of weeks. Absolutely. Uh, so this is a really great resource for kids to be reading graphic novels and comic books online. That's fantastic. And I know for those parents who and carers who buy graphic novels, they can be really expensive as well. So it's really great. Exactly. I've got a, a nine-year-old in my life who tears through uh, graphic novels um, like they don't cost $40 a book. So, <laughs> um, that's a really great resource. So have you got some non-fiction, I'm guessing, as well? Yeah, I do. A couple of non-fiction things. So again, you may have already heard of these resources, but I wanted to highlight a few things that I found useful and I think will be really, really great to use right now. Um, I'm sure everyone's across ABC Education and the amazing uh, content for young people in isolation and learning from home. They're doing some really, really good stuff at the moment. But I wanted to direct your attention to the digibooks that they have available, which some of my students have been reading or watching or engaging with. So two digibooks in particular. One is called Dust Echoes, which is a series of 12 really beautifully animated dreamtime stories from central Arnhem Land. And um, they tell stories of love, loyalty, duty to country and Aboriginal custom and law. So these are animated video, animated stories that students can access for free. The second one is called Lost Childhood. Um, it's a sort of mockumentary style story for our times. It takes the reader on a creative nonfiction journey through a number of artifacts that have been uncovered in a former high school which date back to pre-2016. Um, it's really, really funny and it's, it's great writing that has lots of satire, but it's actually really poignant as well. Um, 
the blurb says that the former high school, once a place of education for adolescents, has revealed artifacts preserved in the rubble of the school in relatively unscathed condition. Uh, the ambiguous cultural norms and behaviours of the so-called Z generation have been exposed. One of the more curious items is an eraser, a tool used to erase early markings. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's like this uh, series of, of short snippets through, told through these artifacts. It's just really, really great. I highly recommend it. And it sounds fantastic to, um, for students who are looking to um, look at the connections between some of the humanities learning and some of the work they're doing in English as well. Exactly. It's obviously tied in with things like archaeology um, and geography and things like that. It's really, really great. Uh, so just two more. The first one, again, I'm sure a lot of people are across the great educational resources being provided by the State Library of Victoria. But I wanted to highlight one which is called State Library of Victoria Stories. And it is just a series, a, a list of different interesting tidbits, uh, a lot of them based around local history. So one is called One Object, Many Stories, The Ashes. And it tells the story of the holy grail of cricket excellence, the uh, Ashes Urn. So this is a really perfect one for sports fans looking for an interesting take on history. Um, another one is called The Orb Weavers, which is the story of how two local musicians researched the waterways of West Melbourne and, and turned it into music. It's an incredible story. Uh, and then the third one that I absolutely loved is called The Chief Librarian and the Soap Thieves. And this is the story of, in 1887, the Chief Librarian of the State Library of Victoria realised somebody was stealing soap from the public bathrooms. And so determined to catch the offenders, he went undercover. Uh, it's like sort of a stranger than fiction style story that I think kids will really love. <laughs> kids or at least you <laughs> yeah okay maybe just the library nerds like me <laughs> um the last one that i wanted to share i just discovered this weekend and i'm really excited to um work with my students um with or use this in in my library classes with the kids it's called the new possible and it's a website that is a personal project that explores the idea of the pandemic as a portal um, so in many ways, the COVID-19 health crisis that we're going through uh, has resurfaced and amplified the worst in the world. We're seeing some pretty scary stuff right now. But the new possible uh, shows that something else is happening as well, and that is changes, ideas and solutions that were previously deemed impossible have suddenly become possible. So this website is an incomplete, evolving collection of articles, stories, little interesting tidbits that um, talk about a new possible. And it contains a number of stories with a positive, innovative spin on the current circumstances. I just wanted to read a little quote from the website that I think sums it up really nicely. Uh, because once things can eventually return to normal, we will need reminders that a better world is possible, that the old normal doesn't have to be the new normal. So this is just a really interesting thing that's popped up um, due to everything that's going on. And I think students will be able to engage with, there's even a chance to submit work uh, to the website, which is really interesting. Yeah, that sounds much needed at the moment as well in terms of how young people and indeed uh, older people <laughs> are processing what's going on um, and the sort of roller coaster of emotions that everyone is feeling at the moment. 
Exactly. And that's pretty much it from me today. That's fantastic. Now, I will make sure that I include all of the links to the sites that you've talked yes. about today. Yes, I was going to say, I'll send through those links to you so that you can share them with any fantastic. viewers of this. Fantastic. Um, but before we go, we're, of course, going to talk briefly about what we're reading. So I'll start off. We were uh, talking before we started recording about the fact that there's been a bit of a pickup in our personal reading. I think my attention span is still not fantastic in uh, pandemic times, but it is improving a little. Um, so last week I read this book, Severance by Ling Ma. You were saying you found it a little hard to get into, but that you're going to return to it, hopefully. Um, it's been on the list of all of the books you must read in the pandemic. Um, it, of course, um, seems much before its time now. Uh, it deals with a fever that originated in China and decimated um, the, the globe, essentially. Um, so if you're feeling pessimistic and anxious, maybe not the best read. Um, but I really enjoyed it for its take on, I guess, late capitalism and looking at, I guess, the world that the fever was um, engaging with more than anything. And one of the things that I found really interesting was how the protagonist engaged with work um, and the way that work um, dominated thinking and, and economic concerns dominated thinking. And I guess the difference between economic concerns and work, if that makes any sense, um, once you move beyond survival. So it is very bleak, but I did enjoy it. Um, next up, I've got The Glass Hotel um, by uh, Emily St. John Mandel. So again, Station Eleven is obviously a prescient text for these times, and many of our VCE teachers are teaching it currently. Glass Hotel, long-awaited um, text. I really enjoyed it. Again, her writing of place and character, I think, is really beautiful. Um, and I won't, I, I can't really say too much about the plot without giving everything away, but the sense of place, the sense of character was really fantastic. And last up um, is I'm finally getting around to reading last year's Miles Franklin winner, Too Much Lit by Melissa Lukashenko. Um, Lukashenko is one of my favourite authors. Mullen Bibby is one of my favourite ever books. Um, I was lucky enough to get to see um, Lukashenko in conversation with Tony Birch last year at the Brisbane Writers Festival. I think I raved um, about that conversation at the time to you, Karis. Um, Again, I, I don't think we have um, many authors of her uh, ilk in uh, globally, certainly not uh, nationwide. She's one of the finest writers of character, place, um, and just rich, rich storytelling. So I just started last night. I'm almost finished already. Um, I'm loving it. I can't believe I waited 12 months. <laughs> Read it. It's a good feeling, though, when you start such a good book. And even if you've put it off for a while, haven't read it, haven't read it for a while, it's still, yeah, such a nice feeling to sink your teeth into a great book. The sad bit was I was saving it because I was meant to be going overseas later this year. Oh, and no. I can see that that is indeed not going to happen. So, <laughs> um, I have actually been reading a lot of books on my Kindle, which I normally only do if I'm traveling. <laughs> Again, won't be doing that for a while. Um, but I am absolutely loving the opportunity to be able to like highlight sentences that I like, to be able to look up definitions of words. I'm actually really enjoying the ebook format at the moment, uh, even though usually I prefer a physical book. Um, but I just read two books over this past weekend that I loved. One was called Pretending by Holly Bourne. So Holly Bourne is a really prolific YA author in the UK, but she's just started writing adult novels as well. So this is her second adult novel. It's very relatable, accessible writing about what it's like 
being a young woman in the world right now in terms of online dating and um, pressure to conform and those kinds of things, beauty standards, all those like really big issues for young women. She covers in such a um, just a really accessible way. I, I There's no way other than to say it than that. It's not a book that has, you know, incredible literary merit or anything like that, but sometimes it is nice to see those issues reflected on the page and, and read about them and engage with them. So I really enjoyed that. And then the second book that I read was called Apartment by Teddy Wayne. I'd never heard of this author before, but he has written quite a few books. Yeah. Apartment, which is a good title, I suppose, <laughs> for these times, takes place in, uh, in New York City. It's about a young writer who has recently started the MFA at Columbia. And it's a little bit of a parody of that idea of uh, privilege and um, how somebody can afford to do the MFA at Columbia while not working. So his, his parents are paying for it. Um, but it's a really, really clever interrogation of that idea of privilege. He meets somebody else in his course who is a scholarship student and came from absolutely nothing. And he kind of wants to do the right thing and help this guy out um, but yeah, just a really interesting look at that world that is also a little bit of um, satire and, and parody as well that I really enjoyed. Uh, the other book I read on the weekend, which I don't have on my desk here, but was um, What a Fun Age. Oh, uh, such a fun like, age. Yeah, it's so yeah. good. Um, have you have you read it? Yeah, I yeah, loved it. I like just it? I, I loved it. Um, okay. I tore through it. A really easy read. Um, I've heard really mixed reviews. Some people hate it. Well, I think it's confronting uh, to read, particularly as a white person. <laughs> um, and I think uh, for people who aren't familiar with the premise, it's essentially a, the protagonist is uh, an African-American woman um, who in the first chapter suffers a hideous incident of racism. And I think uh, certainly, I, I, I loved it. I thought the rendering of um, particularly the well-meaning white characters was fantastic. Yes. And I love that, that exploration of, like, false wokeness or, yeah, pe people of privilege trying to do the right thing but um, sometimes failing. I don't know. It's just a really interesting idea, I think. Yeah, I certainly think it's probably a must-read um, for those of us who haven't... Um, I guess, had that first-hand experience of racism and also who maybe think of ourselves as those woke white people. Um, it's probably a, a very good and confronting read for that very purpose. So another recommendation, such a fun, such a fun age, yes. Yes, yeah. Um, fantastic. Thank you, Karis. Another excellent round of recommendations. As you mentioned, we'll put all those links in um, the video and we'll see you back here again in a couple of weeks. Great. See you next time. Thank you once again to Karis McEwen. If you'd like any of the links that Karis mentioned today, you can hop online to the Vate YouTube channel where all of, the, all of the links that Karis mentioned are readily available. If you'd like to let us know what you're reading, contact us on Facebook or Twitter with the hashtag VateReads, or you can drop me an email at educationofficer@vate.org.au. We'd love to hear any suggestions that you may have for content for the podcast or any professional learning. Please rate, review and subscribe to this podcast on your provider. And as I mentioned earlier, connect with us through social media or email. Thanks for listening and stay safe.